Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. Matthew 13, 24 to 30. Last week we spoke on the parables of the, the parable of the uh, soil. And today we're going to look at the parable of the wheat and the uh, weeds, the tares. Matthew 13, 24 to 30. Um, do you ever wonder why God doesn't just zap a few individuals and pull them out? <laughs> Get them out of the world right away, you know, they're bad enough. Why don't you just take care of them now instead of instead of waiting. Well, let's read Matthew 13, beginning of verse 24. And uh, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds were also, also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, don't, didn't you sow good seed in the field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. All right, then verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels and they will weed out His kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. So this parable emphasizes the contrast between the present coexistence of the wheat and the weeds and the future separation. So as we look at our society, you know, sometimes it's easy to distinguish between wheat and weeds, and sometimes it's hard to distinguish, well, what, who is right in all of this? Who is offering the right opinion and the right philosophy or right perspective? And so, you know, if you, um, if you ever planted, you know, like we've planted, we plant flowers and things, and sometimes when they're growing, you don't know if they're weeds or they're flowers. <laughs> you know, when you plant seeds, sometimes the, the seeds grow and they look like flowers. And you've got to have a, a really trained eye to know whenever they're very, you know, they're just sprouting up. What is a weed and what is a flower? And so sometimes in, in our society and our, 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 you know, around us in our world, it's hard to say, well, what is weeds and what is the right thing and what is the, the, that which is the Word of God growing in a godly character and what is it? Well, the parable here tells us that the, the, the sower sowed good seed, but also we see where the devil came along and sowed corrupt seed. 
And so we have both coexisting together. Now, if I had my way, <laughs> there'd be some individuals that we would seemingly get away with, and I'll, I'll, I won't pick on it choose anything in the present, but you go back in history, you would maybe pick Hitler. You know, now there's a guy who should have been uprooted and, you know, destroyed. But you wonder, you know, you've watched perhaps the documentaries on his life and, and so on, you know, on the History Channel, and, and they, have a, they have some information about his childhood and where he grew up and how he grew up and things like that. But somewhere in that, somewhere in that time period, his life changed and he became this individual who was ambitious for power and ambitious for power at the cost of everyone else and anyone else. Well, you look at our own lives, where is it that we change? Where is it that we distinguish whether we are weeds or wheat? When is it that in our own lives, we've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and allow Christ to change us and to change our hearts and our lives. And it's still a decision that we make all the time. We make a decision every day about things that we're going to do or not do, say or not say. You know, last week we spoke on the parable of the soil and the several reactions to the, the Word of God. And that we saw where the, the, all the persons heard the same word. All the people heard the same word. And the parable is their response to the word. How they responded in various ways. The hard ground are the, the hard-hearted individuals who refuse to allow the, the word of God to, to grow in their life. The other is the... Um, the, the um, thorns and thistles and where they hear the word and the word is sown in there but it's choked out by the cares of the world and then there is the, the good soil. But do you remember what the point of the message was? How do you make good soil? How do you make good soil? What do you do to make soil? Compost. You take the things that are discarded from your, you know, your lawns and, your, and, and so on, your grasses, and put them together, and you mix them, and you, you roll them, and you're making... And so every time we make right decisions, we're building the, the nutrient value of our soil, and that we are adding to the depth of our soil. And, you know, I often go by, you know, we're driving around, and I see fields that are just up in grass and wild grass, and I often think, I'd just like to go mow it. <laughs> that's, that's a farmer in me, you know. Let's just go mow it. And, and the reason that I want to mow it is not so much that it looks nice and neat, but that every time you mow it, you're chopping up that grass, putting it down, and you're going to make more topsoil. And you'll make a greater depth in the soil. It's going to take a while, but, you know, over the years, if you, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, if you mow that every year and keep it mowed down and keep the grass going, and it'll keep adding to the depths of the soil. So in our lives, the decisions that we make, the areas of our life that we make in following Christ, of our prayers, of our reading the scriptures, of our coming together to church, of, of uh, Bible studies and devotionals and things like that, it helps to add the depth to the soil. And the depth of the soil, faith comes by hearing the word of God, and so the depth of our character continues to grow because of, our, of the decisions that we've made by the word of God and making right choices. 
And it continues to grow. And so that when the hard times come, the roots are deep. They're not shallow. The roots are deep. And the deep-rooted plants are the ones that, that are able to survive the droughts and the, and the times of, of difficulty. And so in our lives, as we make right choices and understand the Word of God, we continue to add to the depth of our soil. So, the parable of the wheat and the weeds. First of all, God sows only good seed. End of story. God sows good seed. God does not desire for us to fail. God does not desire for us to sin. God does not have, God has never had one negative, bad, destructive thought about you. It's impossible for God to think evil of you, of any of us. For God sees the reason. He, see, he looks beyond our faults. He sees our need. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. For what reason? For what? For He loved the world. For what reason? John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might have life. Jesus Christ does not come to condemn us. The Word of God has not come to condemn us, it has come to set us free. It has come to bring us into the kingdom, it has come to give us new life and to give it to us in abundance. You see, God is the sower of good seed. And all that God wants from us is that we would grow the seed of his word and grow the seed of his character and grow the seed of his life. Well then, well, what about when the separation comes? God's going to put us in hell. No, our sins put us in hell. Our sins keep us separated from God. The weeds that we have allowed to grow in our lives, there's no wheat there. There's nothing there but the weeds, and there's no faith there. There's no faith in God there. That's what separates us from God. It isn't that God, well, you know, I don't like him. (laughs) He says, I don't know who you are. You never allowed my seed to grow in your life. The weeds, the tares, where did they come from? What's the scripture say? Where did the weeds come from? The enemy, the devil. Okay? If the good seed is sown by God, and that's the wheat, the good character, the quality of our life, if that is sowed by God, and then there is the weeds that are sown in our life, well, it's obvious that the scriptures are saying that the devil sowed it. Well, you know, we can, the old phrase a long time ago in the 60s, well, I, don't, I wasn't alive then, but, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> some guy, I told him how old I was, he says, you, you're not that old, are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm 62. I'll be 62, yeah, in case you're wondering. I know I don't look it, thank you. <laughs> A little humor. Okay. I forgot where I was going, but I'll figure it out. 
See what happens when you get consumed with yourself. It just, it just everything goes awry. Um, it goes awry. It's not weed, it's awry. But anyhow. So just. <laughs> Some of you don't have a clue what that was, huh? <laughs> Rye is a grain that's like wheat, but it's not. So, anyhow. So Jesus teaches about the devil, and, um, and it's not a mythological person. The devil is a, a very real person who was created by God, but he was created by God to be a servant. He was created by God to, be, to give service to God, and the devil decides, nah, don't want to do that. He had a choice. He chose to rebel against God, and so his desire is to ruin, steal, kill, and destroy, is to ruin God's creation. And to, and to you know, to, to make God, as it were, suffer. And so he desires to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So in our life, he sows seeds that are destructive, that are stealing, killing, and destroying. First of all, those seeds that are destructive are there to destroy your life and my life. So what would destroy us? Stealing, you know, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. That we're going to make whatever, in, in this case, he takes that which is intended for good, makes it evil. He takes that which is good and, and, and makes, it, makes it evil. You see, the scripture speaks of the devil as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's his desire, to destroy. His purpose is, as we said, to steal, kill, and destroy. His method is to take good and turn it into evil. That the, the lust of the eyes that, that, that makes me look good, makes me feel good, is going to make me more than what I am. So somehow I'm going to be able to achieve these without God. The very temptations that Jesus encountered when he, at this 40 days, at the end of this 40 days temptation, he, he presents Jesus with these opportunities to bypass all of the, bypass his life and the, and, and the, and the teachings and the, and the cross. He's going to bypass all of that and give it to him. And he begins by saying, well, you know, he quotes the scripture. Just like in the Garden of Eden, hath God really said the temptation? So that's where the depth of soil comes in in our life, that we have an understanding of the Scriptures and an understanding of the Word of God so that we're able to make decisions. And when we are tempted to do evil, to do wrong, we're able to say, no, we, we understand the difference between right and wrong. We understand the difference between making choices and making right choices and wrong choices. Simple solution to sin would be to rip it out. But what if while we were in our own sins that uh, God came along and ripped us out and we now wouldn't have a place in God's kingdom because we were ripped out? So God has a solution. The harvest is coming. Sometimes it's by our own death that we stand before God. Sometimes it's, it will be at the end of the age when the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise and we'll, you know, those which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. But we never know when our time is coming. I have a friend who uh, works at the hospice with me and he's a um, uh, social worker. He won't mind me telling the story. This week he was driving. Um, he's, he's an avid hunter. 
okay? And, um, and this week he's driving down the road, got his window open, and a deer comes out of the side and its head comes in the passenger's window, slaps him alongside the head. <laughs> he went to the emergency room. He said he's there for a couple of hours because um, he was dizzy. He was knocked, knocked dizzy. He was a buck, you know. And he was saying, I want to go back to that area and hunt, you know. <laughs> but uh, I told him, you know, and he also remembered he had some of that buck lore in his trunk. I said, well, that's why the buck attacked you. You had the lore in the trunk and it came to really worked. So you never know what's going to happen in your life. We never know. That's why we always want the depth of our soil to be correct so we make right choices. So Jesus speaks of this separation, that he who, comes, uh, uh, he who has come to bring everyone to God recognizes that there are weeds that have the seeds that have been sown by the evil one. And those weeds see no value in God's principles. They see no value in forgiveness. They see no value in loving your neighbor as yourself. They see no value in mercy. They see no value in building godly character. They live their lives in fear of a divine will. But you see, life is not selfish. Life is about serving. One of my... uh, one of the tapes or, you know, personal development tapes, guy always spoke about how that if you want to achieve your area of success, help, an, help enough other people arrive at their own success and you'll find that you've arrived at yours. A lot like the principle of sowing and reaping. We sow the seeds. We sow godly seeds. Verse 43 says, The righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. That there is a destiny, there is a, not a destiny, there is, a, there is a, an end to our life through our choices and the choices that we've made to serve God. And those choices will take us to a place where God has, God, a place where God has prepared for us. God has a pre- place prepared for us so that we can go there and be with Him for an eternity. And, but until that time ro- arrives, we have God is with us now. Now, People get disturbed over evil. But I ask you this, can we get excited over good? Can we get excited over in our own lives about the good things that are planted? About the good things that God has done and how God has provided and God has led us and God has kept us. Can we become excited about the the hope and the promises that are alive in our lives because of our understanding of the scripture? You know, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. As we have heard the word and heard the principles of God explained to us, and as we have received them into our lives, they have changed us, so we become excited over the good things of our life. We become excited over the the experiences that have changed us and brought us to this place. Can we pray and ask God for direction in how we should serve and how we should forgive and how that we should love? (laughs) Cleaning up our lives by His Word, cleaning up our thoughts and our, our actions, and our words, our deeds, doing the good to those who desire to destroy us. How shall we know that we are followers of Christ? We will love. We will love. They will know that we are Christians 
by our love. So there are some don'ts that I want you to remember. You ready? Don't say that I can't. Graduates, as you face the future, don't say you can't. Why? Because all things are possible to those who believe. That there is seed, the seed of greatness is in you. It's not planted by, it's planted in many, many different ways, but it's planted primarily by God and His Word. Never say that you can't. There is, there is a possibility, and when God has given you dreams, He has given you dreams that are birthed in your heart by the, by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. All things are possible to him who believes. God has a purpose for us. Don't give up when you are knocked down. Perseverance works patience. We don't give up when we fall. You see, it isn't that you will never fall. Success is getting up one more time than you fall down. (laughs) No one can teach you. No one can ever teach you to say, you'll never fail. That's, that's, a, that's a given. We're going to fail. But how many times will we get up? How many times will we get up and keep going? Because we have a promise, we have a purpose in our heart. Don't get, dis- don't get disturbed over, over evil, over evil people, over the weeds around you. Our focus is on the one who has planted us, and it is our seeds, and that is this, the word of God. Don't, dis, don't get discouraged, because discouragement is an attitude. Atti- an attitude that is a perspective. You see, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That there is the mind of God and the purpose of God, and that Jesus didn't, you know, Jesus didn't get off course. And whenever he knew that he had a purpose and he had a divine, he had a relationship with the Father, and it was a divine relationship that kept him in the most difficult of places. Here's the hardest one. Don't grumble and complain. <laughs> I won't ask if there's any sinners in the court. Don't grumble and complain. Do you know in the wilderness, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness between, between Egypt and the, and the promised land, as many died from grumbling and complaining as died from old age. The wheat and the weeds are growing together. Don't accept the character of the weeds. Don't be a lone ranger. You're not alone in this. Jesus said, I am with you. I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't Accept second best. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There is no secondary Christian. Bloom where you are planted. You see, whenever we look at this quality, we don't blame. We're not caught up in the blame game. It's not my fault. We're not caught. We take responsibility for who we are. We take responsibility for our decisions. We take responsibility for our actions. We even take responsibility for our sin and our failure. Why? Because we confess them and ask God for His forgiveness. Whenever we ask Him for His forgiveness, He separates us from the failures and gives us His Spirit to teach us the missed opportunities we learn from in our life. 
You see, allow the Word of God to teach you. Allow the Spirit of God to breathe the breath of life into your life. (laughs) You see, whenever we make choices, we're making decisions and, and steering our ship. Lots of people can turn the wheel on a ship while it's anchored in the harbor. (laughs) Makes no decision, makes no difference where you steer it because there's no directional change. But as we are moving and as we are going, we make decisions. And sometimes the littlest course correction makes all of the difference in our lives. (laughs) There's an old cowboy saying that says, Fall off the horse seven times and you're a real cowboy. You know, I read that. The first time I read that, I thought, what does that mean? Well, the idea is, if you're a real cowboy, you're going to get back on. And if you're a real cowboy, you've fallen off the horse. You see, if you fall off the track, you get back on. If you fall away from your disciplines, you get back on them. If you fall out of a habit, you get back into the habit. You see, we are slaves to habits, so make, make your life of good habits, of praying, of reading the Scripture, uh, of, of, of being in church, uh, of studying and having friends that are, that are Christians, and, uh, and being part of, of the harvest of God. We find that in doing so, we are making habits and we stay with it. The text says, the wheat and the weeds are both seeds. Planted in the soil of your life. One is planted by God and one is planted by evil. Choose which one you will water and grow. The flowers at my house, (laughs) the ones that are doing really well are the ones that I water with miracle grow. (laughs) The seed of God's word is the miracle grow of our life. The miracle grow. God's miracle of life and love that he has poured into you and to us. And that water of God's word will cause you to grow and develop over a lifetime in which God has a plan and a purpose for you. And as we allow the seed of God's word And as we make the choices, right choices, the depth of our character will grow. And no matter what the difficulties may come, there is still still faith, there is still hope, and there is still life, and there is trust that in I am safe in the arms of my Father in this life and in the life to come. And with that security in place, I make choices today.